Mark and Dan. Mark and Dan. Podcast. Mark and Dan. Welcome back to Mark and Dan Meets World for episode number three, Father Knows Less. I'm one of your hosts, Dan Brown. And I'm Mark McKay. He is the other host. Mark, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing excellent. How about you? I am doing fantastic. I'm very happy to be back here. We're in episode three. We have made it three weeks so far. We have not canceled ourselves. Good thing, too. Uh, if you guys are listening, uh, you get a high five, a virtual high five from us both. And hope you continue listening. That's me high-fiving all four of you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, my mom's listening. Is she really? Yeah. Well, I, I don't really know. You know, it's funny. My uh, my mom. <laughs> Probably not. I, I used to do a wrestling podcast, and uh, I, I explain that, or I tell that part first, because um, my mom would ask me, she's like, how come you don't listen to my voicemails? I'd be like, how come you don't listen to my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and she would be like, well, when you start talking about something on your podcast, then I'll listen, that I want to hear, then I'll listen to it. And I was like, well, when you start leaving... Uh, messages about wrestling in your voicemail then i'll listen to those (laughs) (laughs) dude uh last year i actually wrote a short film where i played my mom and the whole joke was like my like about my mom and then i like told her about it and i was like trying to get her to play my mom in it and she would like just did not give a fuck so then like (laughs) i just so I thought it'd be funny if I played my mom and then just did this over the top, like just I just put like the shitty makeup on my face, put on this crappy wig, and I was like, "Hey y'all, children!" Like my mom doesn't have a southern accent, but I just gave her a southern accent, and I was like, "Did you watch it?" And she's like, "No." So yeah. I was like, "What the hell?" You know, it's funny. Before we get to Boy Meets World, there was a comic I worked with about about two or three years ago at this point. Um, our buddy Brian, uh, president of Superheroes of Kids in Ohio, actually came out to the show to, to see me. And, and my parents were at the show, too. And the host of the show was very unprofessional. He showed up at the very last minute, couldn't remember any announcements, couldn't remember the headliner's names, couldn't remember his credits, couldn't remember my name for the life of me, couldn't remember the guest set's name. Just He showed up completely unprepared and all about himself. Yeah. And uh, my parents were at the first show on Friday, and he's up, he's on stage, and you know, he's just, he's doing miserable. Like he doesn't realize when people are laughing at him instead of with him. And he's on stage and he goes, yeah, we got a, uh, your headliner is, mm, I don't remember his name. And well, your feature is, oh, what's that guy's name? I just met him. Oh, just, and my mom yells out, Dan Brown. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dave Brown. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick. And then I, I remember I told him, like, in between um, the, the shows on Saturday, I was just like, hey, because he was still having a hard time remembering things, and he wasn't writing anything down. Um, I told him, like, hey, do me a favor. Bring me up. Uh, no, I think I, I think I told him this uh, before the first show on Saturday. So he, he messed up two shows on Friday. Um, Saturday, I'm like, hey, bring me up as your friend downtown Danny Brown trying to make him like <laughs> trying to get him to, to remember it. Yeah. So he gets up on stage and what do you think he does? He goes, All right, everyone, man, you guys are in for a great show here. I tell you right now, your next comic coming to the stage, 
keep it going for downtown Dale Brown. <laughs> so I just got the edge. Thank you guys. My name is Dale. <laughs> That's that's awesome. So yeah, that's uh, that just shows that now you have to start releasing CDs and all your specials as Dale Brown because this asshole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he simply did not care. But uh, this episode of Father Knows Less, you would I would argue, shows how much Corey's dad does care, even mm-hmm. though maybe he didn't make the right choice. Yeah. Before we get into the episode, the Disney Plus description. Uh, this is now the second week we're doing this. So the Disney Plus description of this episode is Corey fails a test at school after staying up with his dad, which I mean, that's that's pretty solid. I mean, that's a pretty brief synopsis yeah. of the show. Yeah, so, I mean, there's there's more that goes on in the episode, but the core of the episode is based around that happening. Yeah, I mean, if like Roger Corman was like, all right, I got a pitch for you. And then he just like says this one sentence. He goes, now make me a picture. And yeah. Like, that's just what, what comes out. So, I mean, like, I think, like, out of so far these three episodes, this one is probably the most simplifies the episode out of the first three episodes so far. Yeah, I would definitely say so. And this episode, too, we're going to meet um, Willie Garson, who plays uh, Leonard Spinelli, who's the assistant manager at the grocery store. Um, he's going to butt in a couple of times because uh, when Alan Matthews, Corey's father and him try to do something fun, bonding, you know, whether they're going to go play tennis or they're going to go watch the Blue Angels. Leonard always comes in right in the nick of time to let him know that something disastrous has gone on at the store. This is his this is Willie Garson's first of three appearances, like first of three characters. First of three characters. Boy, yes. Yeah. And we'll get to those later on, too. Yes. And uh, if you're out there watching, please don't go to IMDb and cheat. Uh, We want you to be a surprise. (laughs) We want you to find it uh, if we don't tell you. Yeah, Uh, I'm so glad that Willie Garson got to play Topanga in season seven. Oh, Oh, crap. Spoilers. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Especially that that lovemaking scene. (laughs) Corey got to touch his butt. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting way too ahead. Yeah, we did. And we're also putting out fake news. Uh, but I got to ask you. So in the one scene where where dad comes home and, and, and Corey and Eric are sleeping, and he wakes him up and says, hey, Schilling's got a no hitter going into the seventh. Uh, do you want to watch the game? Did your dad ever do anything like that with you? Uh, he never woke me up to watch the game. But like, I do remember staying up late and watching Indians games and stuff here because uh 95 i believe like the indians were in the playoffs yeah they, and, they well the indians were in playoffs 95 96 97 98 99 um and they were in the world series in 95 and 97 so yes yeah i do remember watching the games late in 95 with my dad um but yeah he never woke me up but like we just stayed up and watched them yeah i um when it came to playoff time you know, my parents would give me a lot more leniency, um, but I was still a little kid and I was still falling asleep. Uh, but I do remember my dad waking up to tell me the Indians are about to win the World Series in 97 um, and then watching Jose Mesa blow the game. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, so I was watching one that thing. one, too. Yeah, this is the one thing as I'm watching this, just going like, God damn you, dad. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. I never remembered. And, and so they're they're over on the West Coast. So they're they're playing the Angels. Uh, so when it's 
seven o'clock here in Eastern Standard Time, it's four o'clock there. So when it's some of those games would start at ten o'clock our time. So they're playing at six o'clock their time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you would theoretically he would be up past midnight, but I never remember being this sleepy in class being yeah. up past midnight. Because yeah. they're taking the test and, and um Corey fell asleep on the uh, <laughs> he fell asleep, which I thought was just the funniest thing because Feeney wakes him up to take the test and he tells him it looks like an A and Corey thinks that he passed the test and he goes, Nope, that's <laughs> you just wrote A <laughs> <laughs> before you slipped into your coma. <laughs> and then the other thing, he was like, you know, well, what do you think I got? And he was like, well, you answered one out of 40 and you got it wrong. <laughs> Such a dick thing for Feeney to say in front of the yeah. whole class. And then the dialogue gets better after that because he's like, will the uh, result of my test be at be at the beginning of the word fajita? Ah, see, si, senor. Like, si, it's such yeah. perfect dialogue. Like, perfect <laughs> and he said response. it with a smile. Yeah. But that was the funny thing, too, is that he's talking about, he was like, the only thing that would be acceptable if you were um, staying up to hear who the Nobel Prize winners were, which apparently Minkus knew who they were. And he goes, I'm fresh as a daisy. <laughs> and it was like, Minkus, you son of a bitch. You just buried your classmate for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> what a dick. And apparently we're supposed to think that knowing the who's who won the Nobel Prize is any more important to an 11 year old to their studies than a baseball game. They're they're not going to have any test about that that year. Yeah. Like, dude, I don't even know who won the Nobel Prize this year. No, I couldn't tell you either. I know uh, Sheldon Cooper won it last year, along with Amy Farrah Fowler, uh, because that's how they ended Big Bang Theory. Okay. (laughs) And I believe they based that episode on fact. I could be wrong, but I do believe. Well, you could be right. Yeah. But this is a this is the fun thing where Corey goes home and he starts saying how he blew it. And when his dad wakes him up to watch the baseball game, he tells him, like, your mom can never know about this. And he starts talking in front of mom about how he fell asleep because they stayed up late. And that's where mom. And this is a line where right before we hit record, you and I talked about it for a second. As a kid, this flew over my head. When I watched it again in like the eighth grade, I just assumed when mom said that she was grounding dad, that he was going to sleep on the couch or that meant no kisses. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought, too. Now, when mom says that he's grounded, he's like, can she do that? And he's like, in certain ways. Absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Like, Amy's not going to let Alan touch her butt. No. (laughs) But then we see, uh, you know, we see Alan go out to talk to Mr. Feeney. Um, and he asked him about taking a makeup test and Feeney just tells him, no, Corey's not going to get a makeup test. You know, he has a responsibility to show up to class on time. He has to show, show up prepared. And it's the parent's responsibility to make sure that the kids are going to bed. Um, because he has the responsibility for 30 some students and dad, uh, Alan just came out and says, well, you're not a father. So you don't understand what this means. And this was really like a uh, verbal kick in the balls to Mr. Feeney. It really was. And, and I go back and forth on this saying whether or not, like, as I think about it, is that an okay thing to say? And there's parts of me that say, yeah, that would be okay to say. But there's other parts of me being like, oh, dude, like you went too far there yeah. without knowing truly what Feeney wanted in life. Yeah. That, yeah. What his like past has been, like what things he's gone through. I mean, later on, we find out more about Mr. Feeney, but like at the time, like 
we didn't know about that. So knowing what we know about Feeney later on and then going back into it, like, dude, that's such a kick in the balls. It was. And then uh, Feeney ends the, the conversation. They go back inside and uh, the mom says the heroes have returned and Corey calls Mr. Feeney a butt and <laughs> dad tells him like, hey, uh, don't talk about him like that. He's a great teacher. Now go upstairs we're gonna play tennis. And as soon as Corey gets out of earshot, he goes, Feeney's a butt. <laughs> <laughs> and then we uh you know we, we see that he has to run out again because uh the store's in trouble which i have never in my life like when i worked at the bank and some shit went down like you needed like something really serious to happen for them to bother the branch manager on his day off yeah. you know what i mean like if if all the tellers were out of balance and like you had to audit pretty much everything and you know find out where the mistakes were that shit that you would say for like the next day or whatever and be like hey you know just let you know this happened sure he comes in and there's a, a fire at the store and all that's left is stuff uh <laughs> <laughs> but at the same point it goes i'm thinking about this thinking okay why would alan even go down there right now yeah the fire department needs to be there the police yeah. need to be there they don't need all these people he could take a phone call from leonard just being like hey i'm gonna handle it don't worry just come in tomorrow but don't be surprised when you come in and the building's literally not there i like how lenny rather than calling him going like hey mr matthews i i gotta tell you that uh there, there's a fire here um you know like all this stuff like rather than just calling him he like I, i'm pretty sure he didn't drive lenny seems like somebody who'd just walk like shuffle like shuffling his hands and just like going down like i gotta talk to mr matthews and yeah. then he just walks to their house knocks on the door hi leonard spinelli and then he like he has to introduce himself to the entire family again and then tell alan about what's going on at the store and then rather than like store's fucked let's go He's just like, I got to tell you every single specific story about this. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing, too, is like, so according to him, he he needs the manager at the store, but he's leaving the store unintended during yeah. a fire. So with stores, there's the manager, like who's in charge of the store. Then there's the assistant manager. And then there's like shift supervisors. Mm -hmm. So if Lenny is the assistant. And then Mr. Matthews is the store manager. So Lenny is pretty much leaving the store with no head of the store. It's just a bunch of 16-year-old kids who are like, what do we do? I don't know. I better get yeah. the fuck out of here at 9 o'clock so I, I can go watch <laughs> I got Melrose Place. Yeah. <laughs> Linda. This is one of my all-time favorite scenes that, that happens in, in any Boy Meets Road episode is that Corey's hitting the tennis ball at night in the backyard, and apparently Feeney's just listening to him. <laughs> like, no lights on over at Feeney's or anything. He's just listening to Corey. And thank God Corey probably didn't say anything awful about Feeney during this time. Yeah. Uh, but he invites him over for the drink, and, and Corey's excited because he thinks it's scotch, and then he drinks, it, it's apple juice! And he goes, oh, it must have sat there for too long. <laughs> but he talks about the war in Europe. And as a kid... He couldn't have butter on his toast or candy or he couldn't get shoes because the war in Europe. And then he found out that Mr. Truman, because uh, this is during World War Two, uh, was going to go on the radio to announce the end of the world, uh, end of the world, end of the world, <sighs> end of the war. Uh, Dad, That's 2020 is the end of the world. Yes. <laughs> he, he, 
you were still 27 years away, Mr. Feeney, from the time you told this story. <laughs> um, but what I loved about it, too, was that it was like, I can't picture you as a little boy. Did your parents call you Mr. Feeney, too? Uh, <laughs> just a, Dude, That joke still lands to this day. Absolutely, it does. Because here's the thing. like You can tell Corey never thought of him as George Feeney. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, the thought of calling him anything other than Mr. Feeney has never come into his head. I just like to picture a little kid body with present Mr. Feeney's head with in his a head, suit. Yeah, and the, and the glasses. Or no, he yeah. wasn't in glasses this time. Maybe he was. I don't know. <laughs> that all the little kids just call him Mr. Feeney. Yeah. <laughs> but he asked his dad if he can stay up, and his dad said, no, it's a school night. And in reality, his dad didn't want him with his drinking buddies. But he was refreshed, ready to, to learn the next day. And he tells Corey, he's like, do you know what I learned about in school? And he was like, I couldn't remember. And he said, it's important that a boy spends time with his father. Yeah, this, this is like this monologue right here that Mr. Feeney delivers is what I pretty much. It's essentially the Mr. Feeney lesson of the week where he says, Education is not about obscure facts, little test scores. Education is about the overall effect of the years of slow absorption. Concepts, philosophies, approaches to problem solving, the whole process is so grand and all-encompassing that it really can't be threatened by the occasional late-night no-hitter. It's important that a boy spend time with his father. So he's pretty much saying like, yeah – this little thing is not important. This like little lesson that we're learning this day is not that important, but you're learning the process of learning, which is important, but you should also have time with your father and make those memories with your father. Cause you could, you know, be 50 something years old and your father's passed on and yeah. you don't have those memories anymore. Yeah. And we do see because, you know, at some point Amy talks to Alan and he realizes that Feeney was in the right, that Corey showed up to class unprepared and that he should have not kept the sun up so late on not just a school night, but when he has a test the next morning. But we also see that Feeney understands the importance of of having the, the father uh, role model in your life, especially when what Alan is guilty of is just wanting to spend more time with his son. Um, now this, this one definitely hits hard for me because, you know, my son's only 21 months and every once in a while I look at him and I just remember how there's things about him or, or there's things about him from a year ago that he doesn't do today. That's not part of his personality anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause he's grown out of it. You know, it, at this point last year, he was just starting to crawl and now he won't stop running everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, this time last year, he was saying a few words, um, but now you can't get this boy to stop talking. Um, and you know that he's trying to say more. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely as, as I'm getting older, I'm relating a lot with Alan uh, with this show. And thinking about like, man, like I can't wait to be able to take my son to a baseball game. I can't wait to be able to really watch a baseball game with him. Like when when he was a week old, we brought him home and I got to 
hold him while watching a Browns game. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. Like, I can't wait Mm -hmm. to actually be able to enjoy something with him, whether that's sports, whether that's a different like movies or music or something or an activity. Um, So this episode really made me think about that. Uh, just where I'm at in life compared to watching this as a kid and watching it now as an adult. Yeah. I mean, it, this episode got me thinking about like all those little special moments I've had with my dad. Like I remember my dad, he took me to my first concert. Like we went to go see ACDC. So like, that was really cool. I was like 11. So I was Corey's age at that time. So like getting to see like a real rock show and, uh, I remember he used to like just take me to wrestling shows all the time. Yeah. Uh, and like a lot of those things are like special. And when I have a kid, um, it's something that I'll look forward to training off with my son. You know, I'd like to take my kid to comic book conventions and show him like, oh, here, here's E.T. This is a movie I loved as a kid. I think you'll really love it. And then just kind of like, spe- you know, having those special moments with your kid and it's that's pretty much what life's really about is just like having those little moments with the people you care for and a lot of those memories I like to look back on. So like this episode definitely made me feel more nostalgic towards memories with like my father and stuff like that. You do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I could, you got me. I got you. Yeah. (laughs) Hook, line and sinker. Uh, yeah. That leads me. the only thing I'm really worried about is not not spending time with him or not bonding over him is yeah. that one day when he's like five years old, he's going to look at the Power Rangers that I watched and just be like, this is fucking lame. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hopefully he's not as cynical yet. Yeah, he's not going to go back like, you watch this shit, kid? <laughs> you watch this shit now? I'm going to have um, to hit him in the mouth because that's what you do. No, you don't hit kids in the mouth. They never you choke even... them. Yeah. <laughs> they never but on these shows they never really disciplined them like that like that you never yeah. saw, saw spanking you never saw a slap across the face anything like that you never saw him with the switch or the belt or anything yeah i mean that, that's pretty much like how i was raised too um where like they just said like you're grounded and you're like okay and then like dinner like I, I was never hit or anything so like mm-hmm. i think that's like kind of sign of like the 90s too is just the evolution yeah yeah which brings us to our first sponsor hey there mark and dan meets world listeners do you need a serious thirst quench do you love the sweet nectar of philadelphia fruits you do then come on down to mr feeney's apple farm and pumpkin patch try the best-selling feeney family apple cider and in october visit our farm for some spooky treats and face painting for the little kiddos. Mr. Feeney's Apple Farm and Pumpkin Patch off I-676 in the heart of Philadelphia. Relax. It's just juice. That was such a funny scene, too, <laughs> where, where Corey is just so excited, thinking he's going to have alcohol. <laughs> and, and then he finds out that he, Feeney's just out there drinking juice. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I, this is where I'm also wondering, is that, like, it's not like Feeney had it in a juice container. Like it was in a picture. Yeah. So even if he didn't invite Corey over that evening to sit with him, he was still planning on drinking all of that juice by himself. Yeah. Does that what Mr. Feeney does is he just like goes to the grocery store. Mr. He goes to Alan's grocery store, buys a 
jug of juice and then pours it in this nice crystal case with a cork and everything. He goes, I want people to think I'm drinking scotch. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too. So he's outside relaxing. Meanwhile, the kid next door is hitting a, t- a tennis ball with yeah. a racket. He's relaxing in the dark, too, because he has that flashlight reflects on Corey. Yeah, and it's not like he doesn't have, like, house lights. Yeah. We, we see him with house lights all the time. I am going to say that there is a uh, episode of Girl Meets World. I don't have the uh, exact episode in front of me right now, but as we... Uh, as we were talking about doing the podcast, I, you know, we went through, we binge watched the season and uh, I even went through a couple girl meets world episodes and I'm sure maybe one day we'll, uh, as a bonus episode, we'll even get to review this one. Um, Corey, Sean and Topanga uh, are looking for their old time capsule and they take, um, uh, Oh God, I can't remember Corey's daughter's name, uh, but they, they take his daughter and they take her for, um, best friend and they start digging and you know they're digging in different spots and um she finds it and sean says something to Corey, like you know don't you feel like things are going a little too easy don't you think something's gonna happen and then all of a sudden there's a flashlight on him and it's mr feeney <laughs> so they dug the capsule in the back in feeney's backyard and there he is he still has the lights to the house but he's he's shining a flashlight on him yeah that's a good callback to it oh it was great yeah they do a lot of really good callbacks on that show. And I haven't, I haven't like sat down and actually watched the whole series, but the episodes that I have tuned into, I'm like, that's a really nice touch. Yeah. I've only seen like a handful of it. So definitely like I would love to do a couple episodes where we dive into those episodes too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Those will, those will come. Uh, we'll figure those out for the viewers. Um, after I would say probably let's give it, eight weeks and then we'll start figuring out bonus episodes and things like that. Yeah. But Mark, what, uh, what do you guys say about the show? Uh, I th- love this episode, uh, so much. Like, like I said earlier, like it brought me like so much nostalgic feelings for my relatives. So I think this is a really solid episode too. Yeah. The, uh, the people would agree with you, Mark. Um, IMDB scored it eight out of 10 with 204 votes. Aired back on October 8th, 1993, um, but still holds off as a really good episode today. Well, I would say let's put a bow on it. Let's wrap it up. Uh, once again out there, we would like to thank you guys for listening to Mark and Dan Meets World. I'm Dan Brown. And I'm Mark McKay. Thank you guys so much. We hope that you guys tune in next week. Do good. Mark and Dan. Mark and Dan. Cast. Mark and Dan. In five minutes, the sun goes down on the suburbs, and 55 cops with their guns drawn are betting the suburban legends go with it. Sean Manos is Craig Lazenby. Mary Lee Osborne is Jamie Doyle. And introducing Matthew Phillips as Motherfucker Dave. All is fair in love and art. The action begins when they hit the start. Three friends are down to their last resort on making their movie, are now turned to a life of crime to create the budget for their dream to become real. They're making a healthy living by making living unhealthy. Suburban Legends, Life on the Rainbow Road, also starring Haley Madison, 
Mike Travis, Josh Miller, Calvera Candy, and with a special appearance by Lloyd Kaufman. Suburban Legends, Life on the Rainbow Road. They're not criminals, they're artists. Suburban Legends, Life on the Rainbow Road, an MTV production written and directed by Mark McKay. Children under 17, be advised. Available now at storeenvy.com slash Mark McKay's Gimmick Table. That's Mark McKay, M-A-C-K-A-Y-E-S, Gimmick Table. Hey, everybody. Are you enjoying Mark and Dan Meets World? You do? Then there's a really good chance that you also like comic books. If that's the case, then you need to check out Dan Brown and Heyman Save Christmas. Yes, the co-hosts of this show and my best friend, comedian Dan Brown, wrote his very own comic book series. You're going to get lost in the action comedy of the terrorist attack at the North Pole. And a comedian who has to save his beloved holiday with his trustful St. Bernard. Check it out. Get the whole series. Read all three books. Read them again if you want. That's at danbrowncomedy.com. That's danbrowncomedy.com.